podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Good evening, afternoon, or morning actually whenever you're listening to this. This is Alex from Bristol for Below the Belt Boxing Podcast with Boxing Monthly. I'm here with Cal. Hello Al, Merry New Year. Merry New Year to you mate. It's nice to be back, you did a fantastic job uh, last week, you and Mark and uh, John by the way. Thank you. Um, was you it know, last week? Longer than that wasn't it? Yeah, it was a couple of weeks ago now. Uh, I, I have a new appreciation for you Al because hosting was fucking terrifying there you go see it's not it's not as easy people look at you and they think he's a good looking talented type of chap mm. but you know you have to work at these things anyway we are uh, right at the moment we are sat in uh, a particular lounge in the O2 getting ready for British Beef Lawrence O'Coley Isaac Chamberlain uh, February 3rd O2 I'm, I'm, I'm hyped you know it's, it's remarkable really that you think that these are two relative novices mm. um that has garnered this amount of interest. I think we've got 9,000 9, odd tickets sold, yep. I think I've seen. Yep. Um, you know, marketing and the Sky Machine are, are, fine, are fine work, but it, it really has captured an element of imagination, hasn't it? Absolutely. It's very much a, a York Hall fight, isn't it? You look at their records, the best win between them is Wadi Camacho and uh, Chamberlain beat um, when Chamberlain won the Southern Area title. This is the kind of level they're at. Their English title, Southern Area title level, yet they're in the biggest indoor arena in the country you know even that half capacity is really really impressive and like you said it's really captured the imagination the the bits and pe- the thing with our hackney gazette that was yes. really, that, that was quite clever wasn't it just explain what that was for people anyone that hasn't seen it so they put uh, uh, so team chamberlain puts a uh, a job advert it's like a cv type deal of lawrence acoli in his local paper basically saying after he loses to me he's going to need a job kind of thing so i thought it was really clever and fair play to all involved They've done a really good job. Yeah, I mean, and, and that's some. You know, I know it kind of garnered a lot of kind of love and hate on social media. But do you know? I think this is the type of thing that you do for for fights at this level. You know, this is about coming to a fight like this. Is ticket prices are lower than what you would normally do if we're going to the O2 somewhere. Um, you know, to go and enjoy yourself, and there's a, an element of fun towards it. Obviously, not not for those two. This is serious business. But um, but to engage that that fan. Uh, whether that be in inverted commas like casual or that hardcore fan that feels that it's just interested to see what two fighters at this level perform like in this type of arena you know it's, it's fascinating really um, so we're, we're going to do a couple of a couple of bits and pieces just here very very quickly we're going to try and take you through a journey a journey through tonight so uh, it's what time is it now this is what it's nearly just 5 o'clock yeah uh, so we're sitting and have a couple of beers now and, uh, and kind of talk through it a little bit and then we're going to go in, we're going to watch a few of the undercard fights and we'll talk and hopefully we're going to try and um, try and grab a few people of interest that uh, you'll be interested in listening to their thoughts uh, before the fight. Then we'll we'll wrap up um, we'll wrap up after the fight yep. with an immediate reaction yep. um, and again hopefully try and, and grab some people who we think you might be interested in listening to on their opinion of how the fight went um, and hopefully you'll, you'll enjoy it. But uh, I mean right now then without putting anything in too much thought right now in one word, who wins tonight? Chamberlain. See, I would. I said Akoli, but the, the more I think about it, the more it's Chamberlain. Chamberlain looked fantastic at the weigh-in. Yep. Um, 
What's, why, why do you think Chamberlain what's, what's going for you that you think is going to be that as, decider as we've already mentioned this is very very early in their, their careers and I, I think that uh, Akoli even though he is a talent he absolutely carries the one punch power in the fight more than Chamberlain does um, I think Akoli's still a little bit wild as I mentioned on the last podcast we did you know, I think he's a little bit wild I think he goes looking for the knockout keeps his feet quite wide apart when he walks in and Chamberlain's just that little bit more battle-tested. You know, he beat Wadi Camacho with a dislocated shoulder and won the Southern Area title. He's just... Dirty. And when you watch him box, he's just that little bit more fluid. He's that little bit more natural as a boxer. Whereas you can see that Akoli, he goes looking for the knockout. And I think he'll go looking for the knockout tonight. Um, I think Chamberlain's just going to try and keep it tight, try and keep it in a phone box kind of deal mm. and just try to outwork Akoli. And I think it may work. Do you think, is it is it a fair or is it unfair to classify this as a boxer against a banger? Does that does that do both fighters a disservice, or do you think, roughly speaking, that's about right? I don't think that's an unreasonable thing to say. Uh, like I said, Chamberlain isn't a puncher. He's got stoppages on his record, uh, but he's not a, a one punch knockout artist at all. Whereas a Coley, you could he, he has wiped a few people out. So I don't think that's a completely unreasonable thing to say at all. Uh, I think that. Uh, that's probably a fair assessment. Chamberlain is the more pure boxer, but Akoli could not could probably get a stoppage any time. Um, and look, we, we've had both guys on on the show who very kindly have, have, have sat down with us for, yeah. for a small amount of time, and um, I think a huge amount of credit needs to go to both fighters for the fact of taking this fight now. Yeah. You know, particularly for Lawrence, yeah. I think I think it's very easy. Uh, you know, he's under AJ boxing management. Obviously, he's. Olympian that carries its own weight particularly with, with that Sky Sports models we've seen with people like Luke Campbell and, and all the rest and, and rest of the other guys um, you know he, he, he didn't have to take this fight right now yeah. Chamberlain maybe is a, a, a little bit more understandable because he hasn't had the same type of limelight it's funny with the same promoter and it almost feels like Chamberlain's the away fighter definitely um, a little bit but um, would you compare this to a DeGale Groves type, type similar, situation yeah. similar we had uh, Josh Taylor and O'Hara Davies mm. last year I think it's probably closer to um, Groves of the gal, but so much more earlier in their careers. Again, so what? Lawrence Akoli's on eight professional fights. Chamberlain's on. Uh, Akoli said seven. Okay, and Chamberlain's had nine. Mm. Uh, so they're both undefeated, but none of them have beaten anyone near British title level. Whereas the Gale Groves was for the British title, yeah. and Commonwealth title. So they they would they were clearly the best at domestic level. But there was that rivalry already there with the, with yes. Groves and together. So they didn't have to take that then. They could have no. let it stew and all the rest of it. Yeah. So I, I think there's a huge amount of credit to both fighters. I think there's credit to I think there's credit to Eddie Hearn and, and to Matchroom as well to go, do you know what? Let's go big. Let's yeah. go to O two. It doesn't matter if we don't go max, but let's let's give these fighters um, an experience of being in you know the same arena that Joshua's cut his teeth in and all the rest of it um, with, a, with a crowd that will be local more so than anything else mm-hmm. I think but is the, you know it's a different beast for them to manage you know um, I still think Akoli yeah I still think Akoli I think I think he will I'm not sure whether he'll go looking for the knock- knockout straight away I think when he's up against these nobodies yeah um for one of a better phase well, his, last, his last opponent was an Olympian actually to be fair but um, when he's up against the, when he, these guys as soon as you've had two or three knockouts I mean we spoke to him in Sheffield didn't we uh, yeah. immediately after his fight yeah. um, before 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 Kel Brook and Errol Spence and you know it, he could say I wanted, he said to us you know, I wanted to work on things there was little yeah. things I wanted to work on but you know you're under the lights and people are shouting you know it gets to you a little bit and I think and I think he wants to carry on that momentum of, of being that kind of knockout artist but 
I think he knows he's not diet enough. You've heard, you've heard him speak. He's he's a very very level-headed young man. Yeah, but he's also he thinks about things. Mm. He's not you know he doesn't just blurt stuff out. You can tell he sits and thinks and ponders ponders certain things and how he wants to go about his career and how he wants to go about. There's his a fight. bit of the AJ's about him, isn't he? A little bit, and, and you'd expect that with the influence obviously that, that Joshua's had, but. Um, I just think on, on this fight, I think I don't think he will be quite as wild. I don't think he will be quite as wide with his feet. I think uh, the start, I think it will be quite cagey the start because they're both going to be nervous. No one can be getting knocked out in a round here or stopped in a round or anything silly here because. But I mean, they never. I mean, as, as much as there is no downside, there is a downside to the loser, obviously. But the loser can rebuild very, very easily. Yeah. Um, no, no one. Not on a local fight like this. You can't. You, you can't be having early round finishes. I, I think. You know? I think if Chamberlain lost early, yeah, that's. I not that that's it for him, but it's going to be a very long road back for him. He doesn't have the machine behind him like a Coley does. Whereas I think, but he a, could do. He could have that machine behind. I think, and you're probably right. I think what. Um, I think my only think with these two, and why I think it's quite. It's actually turned out a relatively safe fight to have is because everyone who watches Sky tonight. In inverted commas free to air sky obviously it's not yeah, yeah. not free to air but you know what I mean it's not pay-per-view or anything silly like that but um, if you've got uh, okay no worries thanks very much thanks. sorry we just need to say that that was the VIP treatment tonight someone out, you know, getting ready to escort us up to our the hostess just came <laughs> our lovely hostess just came to take us I round. would fucking hate me right now anyway <laughs> um, I've lost my track now um, uh, yes uh, Rick is a relatively safe up because I think Everyone who watches that on Sky tonight, who is maybe not too au fait with Okoli or Chamberlain, their next fight, whether they've won or lost, I think there'd be more interest in that last fight than there was bef- in the fight before Definitely. this. Do you see what I'm saying? So yeah, before tonight, before this fight was announced, nobody really, you know, the, the even the wider boxing public wouldn't have known who Isaac Chamberlain was. Mm-hmm. Some of them may have known, might have known who Okoli was because he's the Olympian, because he's boxed on the big undercards, but people will remember both fighters after tonight because like you said they've been given the big they've been given the big build up yep. they've had the the gloves are off they've had the Johnny Nelson bit they've probably been on Sky Sports News I'm not sure I imagine they have mm. um, they've been given the big, big exposure so it's a it's a it's a big opportunity for both of them and uh, may the best man win yeah right we're gonna let, we're gonna let you go and hopefully uh, we'll be cutting in and out with different bits and pieces throughout the night um, enjoy the fight and we will see you afterwards Uh, so we are uh, ringside right now. Uh, we're in the middle of the Paul Butler fight, um, and we've been very kindly joined by uh, Charlie Edwards. So we're below the belt with Boxing Monthly. Charlie, how are you doing? Yeah, I'm doing great, thanks. A bit disappointed in my opponent. It's not the opponent that we wanted. We no. had one full through again last week, so it's it's quite a bit, a bit frustrating. I'm mixing in the gym with a world champion, Ryan mm. Burnett, and Michael Conlon's just joined Lucian Reed, so I'm mixing with top fighters, and to come here and then fight people like that, it's a bit disheartening for me. Part of the job, I've got to go in there, be ultra professional and do the job I've done that and um, yeah I just I, I just want to push on now and get to some proper fights I want Kalia fight yeah I saw him I want Kalia fight so badly and I know I can beat him and the thing is with it it's not just a, a fight for me, for me like it's not just opportunity there's there's real needle between us there like when I was a kid, I went. Yeah, tell us where, where has that, where's that come from? Because a lot of people don't have seen this kind of comments. Yeah, exactly. People haven't seen where necessarily that's come from. I remember when I was 13, I was only in boxing two years. Um, I went to the ABA final 
finals at your call. Yep. I can remember him boxing um, and, and winning them. I think he actually boxed Paul Butler. Yeah, I was there that night. Yeah. yeah. And I was a kid. I remember looking out of my eyes as a kid. I still see it to this day, looking at him fighting and just thinking, one day I could fight that person. You know, when you're naive mm. and you're a kid and you just think random shit like that. And then throughout my career, he keeps popping up. Like, I was at Ellsfield Boxing Club. He'd come down and train with Bradley Skeet. And, and he was always coming up into my life. Then I got on GB age of 15. He was on the GB podium squad. He went and won a European silver medal, went to the Olympics in mm. 2008. Yep, 2008. Beijing. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I got on the... I got After that, at the age of 17, I got on the, the podium squad. He was 23. He had been the Olympics, won the silver medal. And um, he used to bully me on there. Like mm-hmm. He used to give it to me in sparring. Like, I'm talking, hit me with body shots. A fully grown man, a little kid getting up. He used to be spiteful to me. And he used to drop me a few times. And, mm-hmm. and, and he had, it got to a point I didn't want to go in the gym. It got that bad. I didn't want to go in, didn't want to spar him. And it was... It, it, it made me tough in a way in sense but as I as I started getting older we started sparring more and more again and again and then the table started turning the table yeah. started turning started holding my own and then but when I left the GB squad he had already turned pro yes he got beat by Andrew Selby yep he got embarrassed and his pride took over himself and he wouldn't get in there for the second time made out he couldn't make the weight so um, that's the sort of thing that I will do to him in the ring and that's where he lets himself down he's got too much pride mm. and he's a spoon he's been spoon fed all the way through the right fights at the right time Rob McCracken's worked wonders with him and as soon as there's a needle British needle like there, there is between me and him now and as soon as someone don't set their feet and start moving their feet he comes unstuck and he struggles and starts getting frustrated and that's the way to beat him I've, I will do what Selby done to him at that thing and then when before I left the squad we were sparring he, uh, before I left the squad and he was a professional I started getting the better of him I remember the last spar we um, we sparred and I got the better of him and I felt like yeah one day I'm going to fight him in them pro ranks I will fight him and I know now I'm ready and I will beat him Adam Booth's got every single last he, he, he put all his money on it because he knows what I'm doing in the gym I know I can't really show it against these opponents but Casemiro too early for me yeah. I, I was a kid still and now I'm a man I'm not not scared of Cal one bit yesterday at the Wayne Gamal and him tried to intimidate me staring at me back back when I was a kid I would have looked to the floor mm. now I look him straight in their eyes and I'm like, hey, what I'm on my own what you're both together I don't yeah. care do you know what I mean? I want him bad, what, and it, it mean it would mean so much to get my revenge on him and take that belt. It, it's personal for yeah. me. What What do you think needs to happen to get to that fight? Because obviously, Cal's in a situation now where he's got options. You know, yeah. So no, not really now. Backed himself into. The, he's turned down three fights in America, hmm. saying he wants more money. Okay. If you want to go there that bad and fight these fighters, take the opportunity, take it, beat them, and then earn the money. Hmm. But no, he don't. He's he, he is. He, he thinks he's a mega superstar you ask many British fighters about him no one even knows who he is why don't you build why don't you build a fan base by fighting another British fighter you might be able to headline your own shows in Birmingham well, look at tonight. you can't I mean look at tonight we, we, were, we were talking earlier I mean you look at you look at what is going to happen tonight in terms of alright the top half of this, mm-hmm. this place is, is done but you're at the O2 you've got mm-hmm. what 8, 9,000 people yeah. here with two relative novices yeah. headlining a, sh- exactly. headline a show and you two are far from novices so. and, and, and look at them two they're, they're headlining show and it's made them massive now whoever loses mm. yeah, they're still going to be massive yeah. because they, they, they put on the show for the British public Cal isn't willing to do that mm. like, like I said he's a world champion and no one knows who he is people don't even want to watch him fight yeah. because they, they find him boring to watch he's getting all these fighters put in front of him that are just made for him and and even in his last fight that um, the Jap he was 
his record was a joke. He had all fights given to him, and he I think he fought twice in the last three years or something, and he fought a debutant and someone who had two fights. Mm. And it's like... You're what? right. Yeah. It's true, you're right. I, I, and he gets him as a mandatory. I'm like, what the hell's going on here? Do you yeah. know what I mean? And, and I know for a fact he's getting offered to fight me more money than he got in his last mandatory challenge. I know that for a fact. Mm. So... So do you think it's a question? Do you think maybe it might be? A, he knows it might end up happen. being a question of time. He knows what will happen. Yeah. But, but I'm telling you, the longer he leaves it, the better I'm getting. Yeah. So he can run and he can run and he can run. But I'm sure the British public want to see a British world title fight. Hmm. So I mean, I'm, and if I, it was that easy, like he says it is, yeah. oh, he's easy battering. Why don't he shut me up? I'm doing enough talking. Why don't he turn around and go? Do you know what? Hmm. I'm going to shut you up and, and embarrass you. Yeah. But he knows he can't. Yeah. And I mean, we were, what it is. I was there for, for the Casemiro fight. When I was seeing it, and I thought, and I remember thinking, do you know what? That's that's a prime example of where a, a young fighter, hungry, with his talent as you are, yeah, exactly, to, to go over there. All right, you'll, you'll learn things. You'll learn things from that. The best point. thing I ever done was take that fight. Yeah. It's changed me as a person mm. and as a fighter. It's given me confidence that I would never have gained in fights fighting all the way through slow fights. Thing that fight has made me who I am now. Mm. It it makes me know I now am ready. Yeah. I've been mixing it in the gym with around me knows I'm ready mm. and that's why he don't want that fight that's why he don't want the fight so we'll sum up because we'll let you go you've got precious time you're going to sit here talking to us all night but I could talk to you all night yeah <laughs> <laughs> so in terms of if you know in a, in a perfect world that, that would be your next fight yeah, yeah. you don't no more no, you don't need any more tune ups or any of that nonsense Listen, I, I've just fought two I'm not being disrespectful two people who ain't worth lacing my boots up let's be real well, let's, let's be real about, how do you get up for that I mean when you have a quick I'm an ultra quick professional that, how do you get up I'm for that I'm an ultra then? professional every time I get in that ring I'm always in the best condition I can be mm. I'm obsessed with this game I give it my life I've given it my life since I was 11 years of age and this is all I want to do mm. I don't care who's in front of me I, as long as I'm better myself day in day out in the gym performing in the gym but I now I want the challenge I want the challenges like it's getting boring for me now look you, you see me just walk out there and blast him out and Really, I was bored even doing that. Mm. You could see, you'll see that the way I fight. And my last competitive fight was last April against Ian Butcher, who I beat yeah. on a shutout. Who a lot of people were saying it was a 50-50 fight. Yeah, it was. And what it was a I strange done, one that one, wasn't it? What, yeah, there what was I a done, lot of people saying 50-50. This is what I'm saying. I'm I'm a realist. I know how it is. I've sparred. I sparred Ian. I told everyone before the fight that I was going to do that. I've sparred Cal, and I will tell you now, when I fight Cal and I beat him convincingly it will introduce me to world boxing mm. Cal it's, it's I mean it's mouthwatering really because it, is, it, it shows you know with what's happening tonight it shows that, that this British level now with where boxing is in this country now you know Matt Truman as great as Eddie has done here that you know the, probably the one criticism of Eddie is that say well, I'm sure he gets a lot of stick from lots of people but in terms of these kind of Saturday night fight nights but maybe not pay-per-view not everything has to be pay-per-view or anything like that but this is you know Ed, uh, Charlie against, against your fight is something that, that people you know, in, inside the trade, but also outside, that is very, very easy to sell, isn't it? I think the guys at your weight class, Charlie, you know, super flyweight is not a division that's a uh, money division. It's not something that, that gets the general public. It doesn't get that. So this fight that you're talking about, you against Kelly Fight, that makes absolutely perfect sense because a domestic level fight. And there's a story behind it. Absolutely. I just wanted to ask about Adam Booth because Adam Booth, always uh, traditionally has quite a small camp, quite a small team of people. Uh, former former people that have trained with him before have said that he doesn't give much praise to his fighters. Just give us an idea of what it's like working with him. Um, unbelievable. I would not go with no one else. I'm set. 
for my whole career and that is hand on heart he is the perfect mentor he knows how to get in my head he knows how to work me in ways and knows how to make me use open my brain to think about things and um yeah he's just unbelievable and i i I can't say a bad word about him and no he don't give you a lot of praise but who needs wind blown up their ass no Mm. one needs that you need to be realistic and when he does give you the praise it makes you feel a million dollars and it it makes you work and work and work until you get that praise again Right, look, we're going to let you go, but look, I think we all want to see that see that fight, and hopefully, uh, and hopefully that comes off and let Eddie work his magic. Hopefully, <laughs> grow some balls. Yeah, let's go. Thanks very much, Charlie Edwards. We'll leave you to it. Uh, it's Alex from uh, Blown About Boxing Podcast with Boxing Monthly here again, and we're here with uh, with Cal Yafai on a, on a busy night. There's a lot of people here tonight, Cal. It's uh, for two relative novices in the O2 in London. I mean, they've done a fantastic job, haven't they, in, in marketing what they've done tonight? Yeah, yeah, most definitely. Um, great fight coming up, no doubt about it. Um, yeah, it's going to be fireworks. How's... Um, I mean, if you, is, this a, is this a statement for British boxing at the minute in terms of, like I say, two relative novices that have been able to sell a rivalry, which we all know is real, yeah. but they've been able to sell it in a, in a way that has been able to, to be, you know, in an arena like this? You know, is this, is this a statement of where British boxing is right now? Yep, yeah, um, it can be. You know, the, 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 what's going on, man? It's got pie there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, what was I saying? Yeah, it is a statement, you know, two novices fighting in front of a PAX you know arena um, nothing major on the line no. you know it's, uh, it's brilliant to see um, and we, we, we had Charlie Edwards uh, talking to us earlier I mean he, he seems to be calling you out uh, about you know with a, with a fight for himself but obviously you know you've got options right now as I speak I mean is, is that something that's that's in your eyesight at the minute or is, is that something that you that you don't think is even on the horizon no um, look I've done an interview with Kruger like I said, I'm not. I'm not. I've got nothing to say about that kid. Um, he's irrelevant to me. Relevant to any world champion, and I've just got nothing to say about it. It does not benefit me or anybody, anybody world class at all. What's the next step for you? What in an ideal world? What's the next step? Um, get just fight. So, so fight some names. You know, get get in with some good names. Um, and then move on to you know unifications and things like that. Are you willing to travel? I mean, I mean, I was at the show that kind of homecoming in Birmingham, you know, last year, and and it was such a great atmosphere, you know, that, that type of home, homecoming type atmospheres. You know, and we've got the pulling power now in the UK to bring over the type of you know the Gonzalez's and, and the rest of it. You know, if, if you were to pick one opponent right now, you know, that you think could you know really do the business here over over here, what well, well, who would that be? Well, Roman Gonzalez is still the biggest name in yeah. the division, um, even though he's lost his last two fights, he's still the biggest name. Um, yeah, so obviously he's my he's my mandatory as well. I've just dealt with. Oh, like, is he really? Is, yeah, that, is yeah. that how it's fallen? Is yeah, it? Yeah, okay. he's my. I don't know how that's worked. Yeah, you know, coming up for loss, but um, he's my mandatory, and we'll just see what happens. Um, but like I said, I'd, I'd, I'd fight him any day of the week, and if there's anybody else, you're ready. You're ready for that level now, yeah? Oh, of course, hundred percent. I am. One million percent. Yeah. Uh, I've been ready for that for a long time. So um, yeah, we'll just see what what plays out. Fantastic. And just before we let you go, prediction for tonight? It's 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 a hard one. It's like it's just a hard fight. You know, it's, uh, I've gone back and forth twice yeah, already in the yeah, prediction. It's one of them, but I, you got you got a fancy a Coley. Um, I like Chamberlain. He's a really good fighter, and I think both fighters, however it goes, will go on to big things. But 
I'm just leaning towards the colon. Yeah, I'm leaning towards the colon. Fantastic. Cal, thanks so much for your time. Uh, it's Alex here again with Boxing Monthly and Below the Belt Boxing Podcast here with Adam Smith. Uh, head of Sky Boxing, is that the right title? That's right, yes. Yeah. Head, of, head of Sky Boxing. I mean, this is a fantastic event for two relative novices, really, to be selling out eight, 9,000, not selling out, but 8,000, 9,000 at the O2. It's a hell of an achievement, really, isn't it? Well, when Eddie and I first talked about the fight, uh, which was a while ago, I mean, I've known Isaac Chamberlain a long time. He's been nagging away trying to get her on the uh, on the big nights. And uh, obviously, Lawrence Sacoli, we, we know well with Anthony Joshua and the whole Team GB setup. And when we first talked about it, we thought maybe a York All fight, 1,500, 2,000 people. It's gone through the roof. It's fantastic. I think mm. it's fantastic because two guys are putting it on the line early in their career. They're both unbeaten. They're taking a risk. And I think also people are loving boxing again. They want to be at the big events. We haven't had one since December when we were at the York Hall with Katie Taylor and yeah. uh, you know it just goes to show people want to see boxing and they want to see great fights and this is one. Does it does it remind you a little bit of it reminds me a little bit of Groves to Gale. I mean they were a little bit later on in their career because obviously it was for British title level at that time but in terms of if someone loses, it's not the end of the world. That O isn't isn't the biggest thing in the world right now, is not, it? Not at all. I was talking to Matthew Macklin uh, last week, you know, when he lost to Andrew Facey um, early in his career after nine or ten fights. You know, my great friend and colleague Johnny Nelson lost his first, first three professional fights. He froze in his world title chance in Sheffield, again in America. Went away for five years, came back, and he won, and he didn't look back, and, you know, ended up a world champion. And he's a big inspiration for Isaac Chamberlain, who's done it the hard way. I, I just think it's a really good fight to get on and look. The, the winner will obviously go forward faster the loser can come again and listen if it's a great fight we'll do it again do you think and do you think finally do you think this this sets the the tone for other British fighters you know domestic fights that on these Saturday night fight nights where you might see some type of fans say you know that value for that Saturday night fight night necessarily isn't always there this is an example of where it can easily be sold between you know we've been talking to Charlie Edwards earlier before and he's you know he's calling out Cal your fire on a big time know you, know, it's, <laughs> you know that's the type of thing that's a fight that can easily be sold now on this Saturday night fight night type level do you think that or? I, I think look it, there's a lot of politics involved in the sport obviously fighters uh, can be protected and they can be protected for the right reasons too but you know it's up to them if they want to get in there and uh, put their O's or whatever on the line I think it's great um, I mean there's a lot of great fights coming up mm. you know um, not just on Sky you know you've got George Groves and Chris Eubank I'm going up for that fight yeah as a me fan. too I can't wait I can't, I can't <laughs> wait for that and also you know Lee Selby and Josh Warrington announced this week you know, there's great fights Frampton and Donaire great fights on the other channels not just on Sky but we've got huge amounts we've got Dylan White and, and Lucas Brown in this arena you know we've got Kelbrook Amir Khan Deontay White loads of fights coming up obviously AJ and Parker and, and, and Tony Bellew over there David Hayes coming later they all want to be here tonight actually you're going to have Joshua you're going to have Hay you're going to have Bellew Dylan so White people here, man. Derek Chisora they're all here tonight and I think that's a really good sign that they want to be at the big fights as much as the fans so yeah let's try and get more of these on um, but let's enjoy this one as a start I think it's going to be a really good fight fantastic thanks so much for your time Adam no problem Thank at you. all no problem It's Alex here with Boxing Monthly and Below the Belt Boxing Podcast. We're here with Big Nasty. We're just going to get a prediction on the fight tonight. Lawrence Acoli, Isaac Chamberlain, British Beef. What are you saying? Isaac Chamberlain, Team Brixton. Knock him out, bro. Bam, bam, bam. I don't think we expected anything else. Are you going to give us a round? I'm thinking maybe round three. Yeah? Maybe four. What happens for the loser? Any coming back from this? Come on. Always come back. Yeah. You always come back. Yeah, me, but right now it's Chamberlain's time, man. Isaac, man. Give it to them. Good stuff. Thanks so much for your time. 
Alex from Below the Belt Boxing Monthly Podcast. I'm here with Dave Caldwell. It's a star-studied night for a relative novice against novice fight. I mean, they've done a fantastic job, haven't they? Do you know what? It's fantastic. It's fantastic. Seeing the people that are here at ringside and in the crowd. And the crowds are big. You know, we, we thought originally, oh, it's a York Hall. Packed out York Hall. Yeah. Great atmosphere. And we're talking about 9,000 people in it at the O2. It's fantastic. Really I mean, is. is that just a statement as where British boxing is right now? I mean, yes. look, Sky, Matchroom and Sky are obviously at the kind of top of that pile right now, but you've got obviously BT Sport and Frank and yeah. everyone coming up behind, but it all adds up, doesn't it? It does. The more exposure for sport, depending, you know, whatever channel, whatever outlet it's got, it's better for the sport. But when you, you know, Matchroom and Sky, they're, they're pretty much juggernauts as far as pushing fights and promoting fights. And look at the way that these two do them, because before this fight was made, how many people had heard of Chamberlain? All right, maybe they've seen a, a, a Coley on, on, on the Sky Undercars and things, but how many people have heard of Chamberlain? Now that it, it just seems to have caught fire, and we've got a great little rivalry between two really good fighters, really good prospects, and the meeting of the O2. You know, they, this this could could just like steamroller on. Does this does this set a precedent, Dave? For you know, I mean, we've spoken to Charlie Edwards here tonight. I mean, he's, I mean, he's talking out, he's yeah. talking big about Cal Yafai and you know, Cal's yeah. like, you know, is it relevant? It's not yeah. relevant to me as a world champion. But at that British level, that domestic level, this is purely this is evidence that you can make money from this type of stuff. Yeah, of course you can. If, yeah, I, I believe you need to have a bit of character, a bit of personality. Mm. Something's got to catch fire with the fans. You know, people have got to be interested. But ultimately, if a good fighter is going to fight a good fighter. That's all that matters because that will catch fire with the fans. If they both can speak a little bit, and there's a bit of a rivalry there, and you can build it up. All power to it. But you know this this thing of protecting your unbeaten record and things like that. Throw the dice. Have a little bit of a gamble. See what happens. You know because ultimately, if, if you get beat, who cares? If it's a good fight, the loser of this fight will still go on to become a better fighter and still fight for titles. And listen, you could have a rematch if it's a good fight. You know these people think, oh, wait until the the fight for titles. No, do it early. If it's a good fight, you get a rematch when one of them's then, you know, a, a champion. You might get a rubber match if, if the out, outcome yeah. changes. So, you know, I think it's, it's brilliant for British boxing. And hopefully it sets a precedent for, for more fighters coming through, fighting each other. And I mean, as Dave Coldwell, the trainer, as Dave Coldwell, the manager, yeah. you know, this, this, this plays in, not plays into your hands, but you so, I mean, this, this is in your good interest because, you know, 100%. as someone that we can be equipped with, with fighters that are relatively unknown, yeah. fighters that you can have, I mean, you had obviously with, 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 with Eubank Jr. And, and that type of stuff, if you can, if you can make any type of result for that type of thing, then there's, there's money to be made and there's yeah. business to be done. Yeah, that, that's, ultimately, that's what it is. It's business for the promoters, for the, for the boxers, for the fighters, for the managers, the trainers, everybody. Everyone's got to earn a, earn a living out of sport. But, you can earn more if you create something, a spectacle, something that people buy into. You know, ultimately, fans have got to buy into the fights. And and like I said, if, if these young kids are willing to fight each other, it's going to create more interesting fights, better fights, more spectacles where fans are going home saying, what a night, oh, that was brilliant. It's like Ted Cheeseman against Carson Jones. Yeah. They're rolling the dice against Carson Jones. You know, that's something where, again, I've a lot of respect for Cheeseman because it's a fight he didn't have to take right now, but it's a fight he's taking because saying, all right, listen, that could break me out. That, you know, if I get beat, I get beat. You know, Carson Jones just beaten Margarita, or should have beaten Margarita, didn't yeah. get it. But, you know, you have to take those sort of risks in order to put yourself out there. If you put yourself out there, fans are going to buy into you. If you're just wanting to protect your record all the time, the fans are soon going to get bored. That's why kids, when they first start out, they might sell under tickets. The fighting six, seven, eight journeymen, them ticket sales start dropping down to about 60, yeah. down to 50. And then they're thinking, oh, what, what's going on here? 
It's not because you're not a good fighter. It's because you're not having real fights. Nobody wants to fight, you know, pay the money to come watch you, just box a guy dance around the ring. They want to see somebody that's coming trying to trying to beat you. You know, and, and ultimately that's what boxing is. It's entertainment. And it, and if you're gonna pay your money, you want to be entertained. I, I couldn't agree more. You know, like I said, we've just been talking to Charlie. He said, you know, the Casemiro fight's the best thing he's ever done. Yeah. You know, yeah. and, and that's yeah. a perfect example of it. Yeah. Look, we're going to let you go because you've got, you know, you've got a company, you've got plenty of time here. Give us a quick prediction about tonight. Uh, flip-flopping. But I just think the sparring he's had with Usyk and Wilder in the past, I think well, that will hold Isaac Chamberlain in great stead because I think he'll be more calm and more relaxed in there because he's had somebody trying to take his head off before. Um, I think Akole has to show me something that I haven't seen in his last few fights because although he's been blasting people out in a couple of those fights he's been a little bit too raw for me I need to see a little bit more from him I'm not saying he can't do it and this is the night when if, he's, if he can if he can put a bit of smarts behind there and, and box and use his range as well then you know ultimately he possesses the power and Chamberlain's got to get around the range and the power but I've got a feeling Chamberlain's going to beat him I've got a feeling that Akole's going to be loading up and, and, and possibly gas okay. um, so yeah I'm going with Chamberlain and speaking of which we've got Tony Bell who just joined us sorry Tony it's Alex from Boxing Monthly sorry we're going to ambush you prediction for tonight prediction for tonight uh, do you know what I've changed four times this week but I'm going to stick with it. Chamberlain uh, do you think the difference with you sick and, and sparring has made a difference sparring has nothing to do with it mate sparring has it's not about sparring He's just, he's, just, he's just completely wronged what yeah, you just yeah. said. <laughs> Listen, it's 16 ounce gloves and egg guards. Yeah. Everything changed with 10 ounce gloves. What I will say is, first four rounds, it's all about a Coley. Anything after four, it's all one man. So I can I can make a case of both guys winning, but if, if you know, guns to me head, then I have to edge the world champion purely because he's been here, experienced it at 10 round level. He's done it. I, I worry about a Coley getting emotionally charged up by this event mm. emotionally involved in the fight and it's funny you say that because he talked about that on, on ringside on Toe to Toe he said look that's their initial they want me to get involved they want me to get almost with AJ did he, with Dillian he's you know? already emotionally invested yeah. it, the two of them are but one is more than the other mm. Isaac's less emotionally involved than, than, than Lawrence that's purely because of all the you know the talk of belittling his achievements of getting the Olympic Games and talking down this isn't the amateurs it's got to him visibly it's got to him so we'll see tonight a lot of it might even come down to who handles the whole events and occasion better mm. it could really come down to that if Isaac's it's a big fight if Isaac comes out tonight sits on them ropes and tries doing that Mayweather nonsense you're gonna get you've got to remember Mayweather gets away with it because he's 10 stone he's 5 foot nothing and when he's ringing them wet it's a very small target hit you can't do what Mayweather can do and be 14, 15 stone. It doesn't happen. There's too much target to hit. If he goes to the ropes and tries doing that shoulder roll and stuff, he's going to get hit and hit. If he if he stays in the centre and commands from, from the middle, I can see him giving Lawrence a lot of problems. You mentioned Spartan. It's not going to have the outcome on the fight. One thing I'll say is, Isaac Chamberlain is not going to be surprised by anything he sees or feels tonight because of the Spartan. Lawrence Coley will. The both spot world champions at weights above and stuff like that. But it's much more to Isaac Chamberlain's benefit. He's been hit by Deontay Wilder. Lawrence Coley don't hit harder than Deontay Wilder. Like I said, it's 10 ounce gloves, it's all different. But 
there's things tonight that I, Alonso Coley hasn't experienced yet being made to miss being counterpunched with, with with quicker hands than yourself he's not going to will he not he will not have experienced that when he's been sparring Daniel Dubois Anthony Joshua Joe Joyce he hasn't experienced the guy who makes a miss and then smash smash makes you pay that can get him frustrated and by being frustrated that can tire him so a lot of questions are going to get asked of both guys tonight uh, and like I said I just feel at this stage of the careers I think Isaac Chamberlain might just be able to, to eke it out but See, you went, you, you both went, Dave and Tony both went with different routes, but they came up with the same result. That's a, that's a good trainer fighter relationship right there. I was all the way through a Coley. Yeah. I was all the way through, but for the last 48 hours, I've constantly studied the uh, two I've, of them. I've been exactly the same, yeah. I was asked for Sky to study them, and I looked at the mistakes Lawrence makes, and the basic mistakes, man. The, 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 the chin comes way over the front leg all the time he falls in after throwing the right hand and these are not mistakes that he's had time to iron out of his game because he's knocked guys out in yeah. guy after every guy so he's had no experience or he, he hasn't had a coach who's been able to tell him you've got to do this I've got to go because I've got to commentate you go you go Tony good luck thank you very much to Tony Bowie Dave Caldwell thanks very much nice back with Dave Caldwell reaction to the fight immediate reaction what's your thoughts uh, Truly disappointed. Yeah. That's all I can say. You know, it's um, just gobsmacked. It ended up like that way. To be honest, I mean, it just looked like Isaac was a little bit um, a rabbit caught in headlights. Mm. Especially he got caught with a right hand on top of his head. Yeah. Early doors, and um, just wanted to get through the fight from there on. And you know, uh, do you think? Do you think Lawrence? I mean, Lawrence has been supremely confident throughout all of this, but yeah. also relatively relaxing. I mean, Tony talked about maybe that emotional kind of a buy-in to the fight. Perhaps, perhaps that didn't happen in the end. Maybe. I just, I just think, like I said, I just think Isaac was a rabbit in headlights. Lawrence just wanted to blast him out with every shot. He wasn't thinking about setting anything up. It was just rushing in, leaning on, trying to trying to bully him and use his strength. But he was smothering his own work. Um, experience, yeah. you know, experience. That's the, it'll get that back with experience. But it was just a, a poor fight. Um, a big disappointment. A lot, a big crowd. All the build-up and everything we expected. We, we can always think that ingredients are going to be right, but until the bell goes, you never know how they're going to perform. And that's, you know, sometimes you get a fight that you don't expect to be a good fight, and they turn out to be absolute barnstormers. It's just one of those things that was, you know, that was yeah. unfortunate. Well, on to the next one. And finally, before we let you go, obviously, big preparations about to start with Tony and Tony and David. How's uh, how's it all going? Any different feelings this camp from the yeah, last? Yeah, yeah, or? yeah it'll, be, it'll be completely different. Um, David A is going to be a lot faster, a lot sharper, a lot lighter. It's going to be what we expected for the first fight. Mm. So it's going to make it, the fight's going to go like we thought in the first time. Fantastic. We'll leave you to it. Thanks so much for your time. Good to see you again. All right. Take care. Uh, below the bell, Alex, we're back. Uh, immediate reaction to British beef, Lawrence Acoli, Isaac Chamberlain. Uh, points decision for Lawrence Acoli. We're here with Eddie Hearn. Immediate reaction, Eddie? It was a poor fight, really. I mean, a good first round and a good last round. And then in the middle, it was a bit average, really. Mm. A lot of holding. I think Chamberlain got hurt badly in that first round. And I think from there, it was a, a bit of a survival mission for him. Lawrence was falling a little bit too much. But, you know, sometimes 9-0 against 7-0 in front of 8,000, it's not, not easy to compose yourself. And... You know, I think at times they showed that they were two novices, um, but a big win for Lawrence Ciccoli to move forward in his career. Do you think, do you think like you say, with 8,000, 9,000 people yeah. in the place, I mean, you looked at the, the turbo people that were yeah, here exactly. tonight yeah. and the atmosphere that was around, I mean, it was it was fantastic, really. It's it, a credit to them both, but do you yeah. think maybe caught a little bit yeah, caught I in think, the headlights? I think or? so, and I think when Lawrence uh, caught Isaac early, 
again it was you know it was a case of trying to survive and mm. get through it and I think it got sloppy at times I think Isaac was hurt again quite badly in the last round as well but you know Lawrence was falling in too much but he did show that he's very awkward he showed that he's very strong as well we know he can punch very hard mm. um, and I think he has a huge future in the sport and I think he'll be in a lot more entertaining fights uh, and really for the loser it was I mean not a no, no loss situation but there'll be more people interested in Isaac's next fight than there were in the fight he had before this of course you know he was he was having uh, you know six, eight, ten rounders before and he'll go straight back into that again mm. to be honest with you and one fight and then he'll be back into title contention so it's not the end for him I think when they both look back they'll be disappointed that it wasn't quite the barn burner that we hoped it would be but that's boxing, you know, you can't predict live sport. Yeah. Um, and, you know, like I said, it was average rather than, uh, you know, the, the barn burner that we hoped. But that shouldn't put us off things, you know, domestic fights, early in careers, in places like this. This should, this should be the encouragement. Everybody wanted the fight. When, I mean, it, when it was made, everybody yeah. was over the moon. And we've seen, sorry, we've seen obviously Cow and Charlie Edwards exactly, going out tonight, which is yeah, a slightly different yeah, situation. Yeah, yeah, but world, world level fighters, yeah. you know. But I think... You know, sometimes when you get fighters, this this was a rare occurrence where it was so early mm. in their careers that maybe in five or six fights' time, it would have been a completely different fight. Mm. But in a way, that was part of the attraction, mm. was that it was so early. Mm. Do you know what I mean? So, yeah. listen, you can't win, can you? You know, the fact is they both got in, they're both safe. Lawrence Akoli won the fight, he moves forward, and we move all, move forward now to the return of Kel Brook. Yeah, what's that? I was going to say, what's next? What's, you've got a big couple well, of months yeah, coming got, up, man. Um, we've got a uh, next-gen card at the end of Feb, and then we've got Kel Brook. That'll uh, be at your call? Yeah, no, yeah. It's, it's in uh, Victoria Warehouse in Manchester, okay. Ritson against Murray for the British title. And then we're in uh, Sheffield, March the 3rd. And then uh, back uh, in LA the week after for Quig against Valdez for the world title. March 24th, back at the O2 for Dillian White against Lucas Brown. March 31st, the Millennium Stadium, Joshua Parker. April 21st, a return of Amir Khan up in Liverpool. And then May the 5th, back here for Bellew Hay. So you got that written down? You must have read that off a piece of paper. I don't have to write it down. It's all in there. Anyhow, thanks so much for your time. Right, Good luck. Okay, so. That was an adventure, wasn't it? That was an adventure. So we are outside of the O2 now. We have uh, just uh, come out of. British Beef, Lawrence Ciccoli, Isaac Chamberlain, uh, a, a good night overall, I think an entertaining night, a night that uh, obviously promised an awful lot with, with, with hype and stuff, perhaps under-delivered on the main event, but uh, you know, as, a, as terms of two, like we said before, relative novices going at it, is that is that the type of effect, you, type of fight, sorry Calvert, you expected, or did it disappoint? I, I think it did disappoint a touch. I expected it to be scrappy like that. I thought that was going to be Isaac's game plan. I thought he was going to try and make it scrappy. He was going to try and work his way inside. Um, it was very much like a football match where an early goal makes the other team quite tentative. The early knockdown for Okoli seemed to make Chamberlain quite tentative. He didn't. Re he tried to engage, but Okoli was was always first. And you hear boxing train. You hear boxing coaches at ringside shout, "Be first, be first!" And we all laugh at that kind of thing sometimes. It's quite amusing. But in on this occasion, Okoli was the guy to be first each time um, and that's just what got him the rounds even though the rounds were scrappy and, and sometimes close that was what won him the rounds um, it was controversial because of the, the point deductions as well um, I thought the point deduction for Chamberlain was really harsh and really early it was very early wasn't it yeah you normally like something you know a point deduction for holding is something you'd have to see happen round 8 something like that um, it happened in round 2 and it was just Silly! It was just—it just seemed unnecessary, and then, and then the point deduction for Okoli just seemed like the classic case of leveling everything up. 
Um, but yeah, it was a it was a good learning fight for both. I'd say both showed they can go ten rounds. You know, if nothing else, you know, kind of a good first round and a good last round, and nothing much really happening in between. Really, was there? I think. Um, I think Lawrence had the better of it throughout. I think the scores were probably about right. Yeah. Um, you know, he was supremely confident going in. Looked very, very relaxed. Um, I think a little bit of element of, of rabbit caught in the headlights a bit with with Isaac Chamberlain, perhaps. But again, like I said before, you know, there'll be more people interested in Isaac Chamberlain's next fight than there was the fight before this. You know, and 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 that's that's never a bad thing. You know, so. Yeah, you know, as, as a whole, I think it was a good marker for where British boxing is at the minute. That it can garner this type of crowd, and if you and if you promote a, a, an event properly, locally, a local event properly, rather, yep. then then this is the type of result that you can get. And you know, obviously, they've got Matchroom and Sky behind them who do a, who do, do a terrific job, and that might outweigh it slightly. But you know, I thought I thought as a night it was entertaining. Um, obviously, on the undercard we had Ted Cheeseman against Carson Jones. Ted Cheeseman picking up a. Um, a pretty um, impressive points. Yeah, it was I mean, wide, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, Carson Jones was um, was was difficult. Yeah. Uh, there have been bits and pieces knocking about before, but perhaps he wasn't up to scratch. But he looked he looked all right to me. Um, caught Tejisman, you know, a fair amount of times, and and you know that was that was a that was another entertaining fight on the undercard, wasn't it? Really, another really good learning fight for Cheeseman. You know, you know, the main event was a good learning fight for both. This fight was a good learning fight for Cheeseman, I would say. You know, he's he's gone in with a guy in Carson Jones who's been, you know, he's just he's just coming off a, a really close decision lost to Antonio Margarito. Uh, say what you like about Margarito, he's been been in with a lot of top guys. So Carson Jones is no fool, he's no mug. And like you said, there was a couple of little murmurs that perhaps Carson Jones wasn't at 100, percent but he looked absolutely fine to me. Uh, you have to take sometimes you just have to take these rumors with a pinch of salt. Um, but. Cheeseman looked good, he looked sharp from the opening bell. Carson Jones looked a bit sluggish at the start, but he came into it very well. But Cheeseman, he won pretty much every round for me. He might give one or two for might give one or two for Carson Jones, but I thought Cheeseman won pretty comfortably. Uh, very, very quickly, a relatively routine win for Joshua Bratzi, who though looked very impressive at the same time. Never seen him in the flesh before. Always nice to see people up close and from ringside. That kid's got hands. He's got hands and everything is with purpose. He throws everything so well. Um, hand speed is nice. That kid's going places. Yeah. And uh, one thing that was <laughs> another highlight of the night, which happened uh, right next to us is where we were sitting, was that we saw Charlie Edwards and Cal Yafai go at it. So early on in the doors, you're here um, at the beginning of the podcast or early on in the podcast, we sat down for just a couple of minutes with Charlie Edwards, um, who had a very, very routine win, late replacement type win, uh, uh, second, third card on the card. Um, but he sat down and as you're here, made no bones about calling out Cal Yafai. There's some, there's some beef going back. There's some personal animosity that, that Charlie feels there's, that there's room for him to right some wrongs. Um, we then sat down with Cal very briefly for a couple of minutes afterwards and Cal's reaction was, Charlie Edwards is not worth my time, he's not worth any world champion's time. And then lo and behold, about half an hour later, Charlie comes up to say hello to us, Cal Yafai sat in front of us, and it all kicks off. Yeah. Uh, and they both go at it. We actually tried to film a little bit of it, which we'll, we'll put out on the, on Instagram and, uh, and some bits and pieces. Uh, I'm not sure how good the sound quality is, but I'm sure... Uh, Coogan at IFL and some of the other guys got, got some slightly better audio than us to go and check it out there but that's something that Charlie is pushing pushing for that fight do you, I mean do you think that can happen? Uh, super flyweight is 
is really buzzing right now but more so in America not so much over here Calify outside of mandatories and unifications in terms of a voluntary defense Chardy Edwards is as good as anybody because it's domestic and in a division that's not a money division super flyweight um, it makes sense to have a domestic to have a, a domestic rivalry and that that video that's going to be on on our Instagram and the IFL and everywhere else it's not going to do the promotion any harm at all I, I think if, if Charlie's done a terrific job there really hasn't yeah, he yeah definitely has you know he's got he, he has no right to have that fight really uh, and he's he's gonna he's trying his best to talk his way into it and fair play to him I can't blame the guy at all um, I think it's an I think it's an interesting fight I think it's a competitive fight um, I'd love to see it yeah. I love a domestic rivalry well, like I said, we'll, we'll leave it to it because there's obviously a lot of people that we actually managed to speak to tonight that um, we'd rather you hear from rather than us and, and we'll have a podcast in the next week or two where we'll, we'll go into things in a bit more detail. But, but down low, listen, uh, we managed to get uh, moments with Charlie Edwards, Cal Yafai, um, Adam Smith, uh, Tony Bellew, Dave Colwell, uh, Eddie Hearn and even a little bit with Big Nasty as well. So uh, it's been a good night. Thanks for listening. Uh, and we will see you again in a couple of weeks' time. Peace. Sports Social Podcast Network.